On into Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson, and thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. I'm in every weekday, giving you everything you need to know about what's up in the conference. Coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look at the biggest of the Big Ten games coming up on Saturday. And also, we'll start off the show here with a conversation on the Michigan quarterbacks. It's been a long, long off-season and start of the season trying to figure out who's going to be the guy for Jim Harbaugh this year. I have been a big proponent throughout all of it, and very much so more at the very end here, that it has to be J.J. McCarthy. If not because of him being the better quarterback out there on the field right now, Caden McNamara is very good. I think that he brings a higher ceiling to what that offense can do in a season in which a higher ceiling is going to be necessary for what Michigan needs and wants to get done again this year. So when you have this kind of a competition, I'm not the only guy saying that he's the best guy out there. We talked in the offseason leading up to things about how in anonymous coaches quoting, other coaches had said that when they see him, it's clear that he's the more talented quarterback out of the two. So while Cade McNamara was the guy to help you get to that college football playoff last season, I think it's the smarter move to make McCarthy the guy because it seems pretty obvious that at the very least, the ceiling is higher with him and you're going to need that higher ceiling to beat Ohio State this year. I really, really do think that. That team that the Buckeyes have is just that much better, if not even just as good on offense would all there need to be. But also Michigan's defense takes that step back. This is a conversation I've had for a while now. But now that the conversation is done at Michigan, and we've we've got a quarterback, it looks like at least for now, it seems like McCarthy's going to be the guy. Now that it's all kind of closed book, I want to close the book on the conversation here on the show too. I think this is the right decision. You need to have one quarterback. You need to have the most talented guy and the guy who can take your team the furthest out there if you're Michigan in this situation. And I think J.J. McCarthy is a better fit than what Cade McNamara can put out there. And it opens up more for Michigan's offense. I think Cade McNamara was the right guy. Obviously, he was the right guy. I, I, I don't have to say I think it. For the Michigan football team last season. He helped that team beat Ohio State. He helped that outstanding defense be good enough. And helped that offense be good enough to let that outstanding defense carry it in some cases. And help it win games in others. It was an outstanding year. But you have to be able to adapt and change off of that quickly. And I think that Harbaugh's looking at that team over in Ohio. And thinking that that team is going to be just as good, if not better, when we face off against them again this season. And also, not to mention, have a whole lot more reason to be ready for our game. So if I'm Harbaugh, I think that this is a really, really hard decision for him to make. I think that he really, really does like Cade McNamara. And he said in the postgame that he said, we have two really good quarterbacks. Unfortunately, You can only put one on the field at a time. I think J.J. McCarthy's the better one. I think that by the time we get to the end of the season, we could see that it's by a pretty decent margin. 
and especially most important, I think he gives you the biggest chance to beat Ohio State at the end of the year. Because Michigan learned last season. They had said from the preseason to the end of the year last year, this is about the Ohio State game this year. And it ended up paying off at the end. If it's about the Ohio State game still, and it should be, because for just about everyone in the conference, that game is what is going to matter. You're going to have to beat Ohio State to do anything that's really, really relevant. If you want to be able to win that game, you have to have, at least if you ask me, Cade, or I'm sorry, J.J. McCarthy, not only being the guy in that game, but having the season, having the time throughout the season to prepare himself to be the guy in that game. Because if he's not ready for it, of course, Ohio State's going to roll over him. And you have to remember, this is just a sophomore, and this was just his first start in against Hawaii, despite how much we've seen of him. So I think this is, again, the right move for Harbaugh to make. I do believe it was a genuinely hard decision for him to make, and maybe he took a little bit longer to make it than he normally would have, given that he, I do believe, really, really likes Cade McNamara in that spot. But if you ask me, I think this may have been a case where it just became too obvious how good J.J. McCarthy is. And that's what I'm hoping the case is here. Because he has now skyrocketed in Heisman odds. I think it's like plus 3,000 he's at now, which is seventh best in the country. He takes over the job at Michigan. I mean, that's the plane of it. You have to be really, really good to be able to do that, to be able to take it away from a guy who did what Cade McNamara did last season. I'm hoping that J.J. McCarthy is as good as what I have pictured in my head. Because if he is, then we're already on a crash course for that huge, huge game against what's already two top four teams in the AP polls in Ohio State and Michigan. Both those teams are going to be ready for that game. I'm really, really hoping that J.J. McCarthy is at his peak when those two teams take the field. We'll be back here on Locked On Big Ten to take a look at everything going on in the upcoming weekend of games, the biggest games at least. A first look at the latest in what we should be able to see this weekend and what I'm going to be looking at in some of the biggest matchups in the non-conference. But before we get to any of that, as you may have already known if you listen to a bet or a Locked On podcast, Bet Online is the place to go for any of your sports gambling needs. We're going to talk about games here. I'm going to mention some lines. Those lines are coming from Bet Online. If you want to know anything about what's going on in Big Ten betting or want to learn more about just betting in general, you can head over to betonline.net and figure it out and make sure that you have all the smarts that you need before you put your money out there. So head on over to Bet Online, make sure you're knowledgeable on everything you need to know and also, getting the best lines that you can and the most odds out there on just about any sport manageable, imaginable over at Bet Online. Head on over to Bet Online right now and see what I'm talking about. It's where the game starts. All right, let's take a look at all of the biggest games, if you ask me, the top three I have here, and what I'm looking for this weekend as I get my first impressions on the slate of Big Ten games here for week three. Another week of big non-conference games. I'd say not as big as week one in magnitude, but 
whole lot better than what we got in week two, even though week two was, of course, full of surprises as well. In week three, though, we get, I think, a weekend where we're going to get some answers to some questions that just have not been answered yet. Maybe they're not the biggest questions going around the Big Ten right now, no. But I think there's teams here who we at least haven't heard from in a little bit or haven't heard them really get tested at all this season. And we may be getting a first taste at what these teams are really looking at a few weeks in. I want to start off with a matchup for the Purdue Boilermakers on the road against Syracuse, a really, really interesting Syracuse team. Purdue comes in as a one and a half point underdog on the road. The uh, dome in Syracuse, of course, gives the orange football team a big advantage there, but nothing more than usual three points in the Vegas line usually. So they're saying Purdue's the better team. Again, these lines provided by BetOnline. But as far as what Purdue can do here against the orange, I said Syracuse was interesting. It's because I really don't know how good the orange is yet. The running game for Syracuse is phenomenal. And that's something I think that the Purdue defense is going to have to key in on and is going to be one of my keys in this game. And one of the two things I'm looking for, maybe the biggest thing is how does Purdue stop Sean Tucker? Standout Syracuse running back has been blowing away defenses for a couple of seasons now. He's going to be coming out and looking to do it again after the Orange blew out a Louisville team in week one that a lot of people were expecting to maybe be pretty decent in that side of the ACC. Syracuse, mind you, was picked to finish dead last in their division by the ACC media in the preseason. So this is a bit of a surprise that we're seeing the Orange coming out here and winning two games to start off, winning two games against Power 5 schools. Louisville's supposed to be a good team. Uh, they beat up on, a, was it a Wake Forest team? No, it wouldn't have been another ACC. UConn, UConn. They beat up on UConn, who isn't outstanding. But still, two reputable, at least, football programs out there, not FCS schools that some of these Big Ten schools are playing, and they've shown up big. So if I'm looking at Purdue right now, and I'm thinking that Purdue's anywhere near as good as some people thought at the beginning of the season. I'm thinking that, okay, this is a decent test for a Purdue team that fumbled a bit at the end against Penn State. Could easily be 2-0, could easily be in the close to, if not in the top 25 spot that Penn State is now in. But if they're for real, then you kind of have to be able to beat this Syracuse team. And in my opinion, beat them relatively easily. Because Purdue's trying to be legit good. And while there's a chance Syracuse is legit good too, I really don't think that that team that was picked dead last in their division in the ACC preseason is someone that should be able to stand up to a Purdue team that had aspirations and has aspirations of being in the Big Ten West at least conversation. So if Purdue's good, you're hoping that you can come out here and absolutely dominate a Syracuse team, or at least beat them up to the extent that you're thinking and you're confident going into the future as a Boilermaker fan of this season. Because as you have it right now, that loss to Penn State, I think, really still stings. Getting a win over a Syracuse team that's at least a Power 5 school that's looking good to start the season and is going to have some fight. That's at least what you're going to be able to know out of what we've seen so far from the Orange. That's something I think matters a whole lot. Another Big Ten West team is yet to stand out 
so far, really. Again, Minnesota's looked good, but hasn't been tested at all, really. Everybody else on that Western side has failed in one way or another and disappointed. Purdue lost early to Penn State, a chance, I think, to maybe make up a little bit here against Syracuse and the Orange. Can Aiden O'Connell keep up with a fast Syracuse offense and a defense that's been stingy at least so far? Only allowing about 10 points per game? We'll see. I don't know for sure, but at least where I'm at right now, looking at both these teams, I'm thinking as a Purdue fan that if I'm wanting to believe this is a good, good football team still, you have to go in and beat Syracuse and beat them at least a little bit convincingly, if you ask me. Maybe the most interesting game on the slate this weekend is the ranked Penn State team, now 22 in the nation, going up against Auburn on the road. Penn State's minus three in this game. Auburn only beat San Jose State last week by eight points, one possession. So the Tigers aren't playing their best football. The Nittany Lions, while they have not been tested quite yet, have beaten a Purdue team that's a Big Ten team, and as I mentioned, I believe to be a pretty good one. And they have a 2-0 record, but still only come in with this three-point favorites against an Auburn team that doesn't look really all that up to snuff yet. I think this is a chance for Sean Clifford to really show off in this game. And we'll get maybe the answer I mentioned. What answers are we going to get here against Purdue and uh, the Syracuse game? I think we learn, all right, does Purdue really have a chance to be good this year? Or were we just kind of kidding ourselves thinking that Aiden O'Connell could make that kind of a step up? I think with this game, you get a chance to see the same kind of a thing with Sean Clifford. Because while Purdue has at least a defense that has been playing well in Syracuse, it's not exactly the same with Auburn. Uh, That defense has not been great in stopping the pass. Give up quite a bit of yards. Sean Clifford has not really had to do all that much. In the first two games for Penn State, even against Purdue, he wasn't outstanding, of course. Penn State still gets the win. So I think if he gets tested here, what exactly does he do? And if he has a chance to show off against a pass defense that isn't all that outstanding, what is he able to show off with, I guess? How good is Sean Clifford this season? That's the question with a lot of Big Ten quarterbacks. We'll learn a little bit about him here. I'm more interested in learning, though, about what exactly Nick Singleton's going to do against this Auburn run defense. This is a test here. Auburn only allows uh, 54 rushing yards per game. Had to look forward on the sheet here. The focus for that defense is going to be stopping him and making Sean Clifford beat them. So, after what was a breakout game for him last week, 179 yards on 10 carries, can Singleton come back here now and be the guy that Penn State really, really hopes he can be, a kind of just bell cow running back that has the same kind of Saquon Barkley-esque role in Penn State? Five-star recruit and someone who they're hoping can, again, take maybe some pressure off of a guy like Sean Clifford in a game like this. How does he do against a stout defense on the run like Auburn? We'll find out, and I'm really, really excited to keep watching him play. He is that kind of good, I think. The focus is on the Penn State offense, though. I don't think that Auburn is going to run up the score in this game, 
The offense for the Tigers has not shown that kind of ability, and I think the Penn State defense will at least be able to do its thing and hold them decently low. I don't think this is going to be any sort of shootout. I think it's up to the Penn State offense to win this game and beat out what should be an Auburn team that's beatable or looking beatable right now. Last game I want to talk about, Michigan State's on the road at Washington. Now, the Spartans, number 11 team in the country, going on the road against an unranked Washington team, but still a three-and-a-half-point underdog on Bet Online right now. And when I look at that and I think about, okay, what are the Vegas odd makers thinking right now? Why put that team as the underdog in this game? Yes, it's on the road. But if I'm looking at it from an outsider's perspective, I'm thinking to myself, okay, these are two teams who really haven't been tested at all and have looked plenty impressive in their first two games against the pushover squads. So what is it? that they've done on the field to tell me that any one is all that much better than the other. A three and a half point favorite at home for Washington means that Oddsmakers thinks this game skill-wise is pretty even. So if you're looking at just the two teams side by side and what their resumes are, yeah, actually, it makes sense that this game's close here. The number next to Michigan State's name, I mean, Vegas guys don't care about that, right? So at least for Michigan State, what I'm trying to learn here is, okay, where are you going to crack? We've seen how good you can be out there if you're the Spartans, right? Mel Tucker's had this team looking sharp through two weeks. Give him the credit for that. But this is the first test for this Michigan State team going on the road in a hostile environment in Washington, a Pac-12 team for now. And it's going to have a test here. Who passes and who fails? I think it's disrespectful not having Penn State as the favorite or having a Michigan State as the favorite here because they're the number 11 team in the country right now. And I think they've earned that spot while Washington has earned their unranked spot. But if I'm going into this game and saying, okay, what makes me feel super confident from what Michigan State has done so far this season, there's a bunch of things you can point to. But they're all against the same competition that Washington has been absolutely blowing up in their first couple of games. So if I'm trying to figure out what exactly it is, if I'm a Michigan State fan that has Washington favored in this game, I don't think it's anything like against Michigan State or that they're saying Washington is going to be so much better than the Spartans at. I just think it's when you look at these two teams and what they've done so far this season, you're looking at a couple of teams that haven't been tested yet. So, who passes the test? I think Michigan State will. And again, I think three and a half as an underdog is kind of unfair. I would have put it probably maybe three and a half the other way. But the spread being close here is not surprising. And I wouldn't be surprised if this game is close either. Because Washington can put up a fight, it looks like, against a Michigan State team that is facing that first test on the road this season. It's a recipe for maybe a trap game this season or this weekend those are my three biggest games of the weekend uh, maryland plays smu too that'll be an interesting game always interested to see and learn more about talia tungavaloa after he earned as we're going to talk about in a minute big 10 offensive player of the week honors co-offensive player of the week honors that's coming up here as we wrap things up right now here on locked on big 10 
As I mentioned, Big Ten Players of the Week in football announced a couple of days ago. Uh, Talia Tungabailoa, 27 of 31. We mentioned the stat line already, but it's impressive enough to mention again. 391 yards and four touchdowns on the through the air. He was absolutely incredible. He shared Offensive Players of the Week honors with Marvin Harrison Jr. of Ohio State. Obviously beat up on Arkansas State over the weekend. Final stat line, though, three touchdowns on seven receptions for 184 yards. Outstanding day for the second generation, hopefully, superstar wide receiver in the NFL level, but already doing so at the college level for Ohio State. And the defensive player of the week was Jacoby Windman. He forced three fumbles for Michigan State against Akron last week. That'll get you that honor just about all the time. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk to Jacob Rude and get his takes on some things looking into the weekend in Big Ten football. We're not going to be stopping talking football anytime soon either. Matt Sheehan will be by the end of the week, hopefully, to get in his betting thoughts and thoughts on all the lines from around the weekend. I'll be very interested to hear what he has to say about this Michigan State line plus three and a half for the Spartans against an unranked team on Saturday. I'm sure I'll have a hot take on that and everything else, and we'll have more for you here on Locked On Big Ten tomorrow once we start things up again on the show. Once again, follow us on Twitter. It's Locked On Big Ten One Zero, not T E N at the end. That's the same for wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and anywhere else you're trying to find us. Again, Locked On Big Ten One Zero, not T E N. And I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports on Twitter as well. Be sure to again tune in again tomorrow for more on anything that happens in the next day in Big Ten sports. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten.